Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Good morning. Can we thank Jessica and her sisters and her niece and RJ for leading us? You guys are awesome. Thank you all so much for leading us this morning. Well, good morning and welcome to The Vessel. If I don't know you, my name is Jake Toman, and I have the fun of serving as a lead pastor here at The Vessel. And I want to say I'm so excited about what we are doing this summer. And so for the next however many weeks, from last week through August 15th, uh, is what we are calling the Summer of Love. And we kicked it off last weekend. If you were here with Miss Karen Green, who's a ministry partner of, our, of ours called um, with Haven of Love. And what Miss Karen does is she's got a prison ministry that, that we've served alongside, and she came and taught last weekend. And our key verse for this summer is 1 John 3.18 that says this. It says, Dear children, let us not love with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. And so Karen talked last week of what does it mean to love in truth? And what does true love for the sake of Jesus Christ look like? She talked about what that looks like in our lives. And so this morning, um, as we kind of are continuing in that vein, um, we're going to be talking about what does action look like? If we are to love, not with the words and speech, but with actions and in truth, what does it look like to love in action? And, you know, Stephen and Miss Pam came up here, Miss Pamela came up here, and they talked about walking by faith. And I love just, and I realized this morning, the Lord's been so good this week to me to show me what he's doing in the time that he's doing it. And so as you guys were sharing a little bit about walking by faith, I thought, man, how perfect is that for us? Of what does it look like to love in action? What does it look like to walk by faith? You know, I think sometimes church today has turned into, it's a, we, we've turned it into a checklist like we do everything else in America, right? We check all these things off our list. And is it, do you have a checklist in your, in your household, in your possession? Yes or no? I have a checklist and mine rarely gets done and that discourages me. And so sometimes I think, oh, I don't need a checklist. These things are never going to happen anyways. But we can do that in our church and the truth is, is this scripture that says, dear children, let us not love with words and speech, but with actions and truth. We do a lot of words and speech and not so much actions and in truth. That is, Miss Pamela comes up here and she shares a little bit about walking by faith and what that looks like and her faithfulness to continue and be faithful as the Lord's led her. We think, man, that's amazing. It's amazing the way she lives her life. It's amazing the time that she gives to that it's amazing that what she's committed to, to serve in this homeless community. And the truth is, is as amazing as Pamela is, it's faith. It's she's walking by faith. She's being faithful to what God's called her into and to living out scripture. And that is what we're doing this summer, is that we are doing everything we can to engage with living out this verse of loving, not just with words and speech, which is what we're doing now, but with actions and in truth. So if you go right now to vessel.church, at the very top, you're gonna see a little box that says, that says summer of love, right? Which is what we are calling this summer. 
If you see right up there, you click on that, you're gonna see see opportunities to serve and get involved. So we've got several of those opportunities I wanna kind of talk through and go through. So one of those is the Serve with Pam and Pamela and Walking by Faith. It's on Sunday afternoons. We have an opportunity on the 27th, on the 11th and the 8th to go and serve with her and to do that with her ministry. And so after Sunday, you can go and sign up for that right now. We've got opportunities to uh, our Rad Week, which is a special needs vacation Bible school. You can go and sign up to serve right now to go and serve for that. On July 4th is a Sunday. We're gonna do what we're affectionately calling the watermelon crawl. And we're gonna go out in the community and we're gonna go door to door and we are gonna give watermelons away and offer prayer for people. And so there's a lot of great opportunities. And then we've got some stuff coming up in August with back to school that we're working with college students and a middle school here in the area. And so our heart is for you to engage, to get involved with what the Lord is doing and for us to live that verse out, to not just with words and speech, but with actions and truth. And so as we kind of come into this Sunday and we continue this series looking at what does it look like to love with actions and truth, we're gonna take a look today at what did Jesus do in action on the last night before his crucifixion. This last night with his disciples, before he went to the cross, what did he do? And so I wanna ask you that same question. If you knew that today was your last day on this earth, if June 13th, June 13th, 2021 was it, and tomorrow was the end of your earthly life, how would you spend today? What would you do? And I'm asking you, what would you do today if you knew? No one knows? You can raise your hand. Yes, Ginger, what would you do? You visit family, exactly, right? The people that, you've, that you're closest with, that you love the most, you'd spend time with them. Exactly. What else would you do? Melissa. Yeah. Yeah, write a letter to the people you love to get those words on a piece of paper that they can look at and read again and again. How powerful. What else would you do? Yes, Richard. Yeah, call the bank and say, I'm sorry. Good luck. Exactly. Take out a life insurance policy, right, for your kids or your family. Okay, what else would you do if it was your last day on earth? Trevor. Yeah, eat Russ Robinson's barbecue at the picnic. 12.30, Sendero Springs Park. Be there. Shameful plug. Because I think the truth is, and what we see in the life of Jesus Christ, is I think that the last day that we, the last day we would spend our life is truthfully the way we've spent our whole life up until this point. To who we are, to who God's shaping us into, that you don't, you don't get a change in the 11th hour. That God is shaping and molding you and I and us as a church. You know, yesterday I went to a funeral, uh, Mr. Bo McKinney, or no, don't worry, Bo did not pass away. His brother, Mo McKinney, passed away. And I, we went to his funeral and, and Bo and Melissa are part of the vessel. And his brother uh, unexpectedly passed away, died of a heart attack. And I never knew Mo. I met him one time. I never knew Mo, but we went to support Bo and Melissa and that family and to be there. And it was really sweet to be in a room of people that loved Mo and to hear them talk about him. 
And so they shared stories and people came up and gave, gave eulogies to who he was. And it was, they were funny and his personality and even just being in that service, I knew who he was. And so at the very end of, as they were kind of at the end of the service eulogies, this woman stands up and, and it was unprompted, unscripted, unplanned. And she stands up, she goes, oh, I want to share. I'm the neighbor across the street. And you had that sense of feeling in the room. You're like, uh-oh, like this may be interesting. So she gets up there and she starts talking about getting to know Mo and living across the street from him and what he's like. And then she reads, she says, I wrote a poem. And she goes, actually, it's a song. And I'm going to read it to you. She goes, no, I'm going to sing it to you. I was like, yes, this is good, right? We're about to, like, this is about to be really rich. And I was kind of looking over at the family to see, is like, is this okay? And she sang this song, but the truth was, is that everything that people said about Mo McKinney as his life was the same person that she lived across the street from. And even in his final days, in his final moments, not knowing that it was his last day on his life, he was just Mo McKinney. And it was sweet to hear that story and even for his neighbor to testify that, to that. And the, the pastor that spoke, he said, you know, what we remember about people is how they treat us. It's not their accolades. It's not the things that they do. It's how they treat us and how they make us feel in those moments. And as we mourn the loss of a man that loved well with action and truth, our mourning is a testimony to the life that he lived. And I want you to know, Vessel, that that's what God's calling us into. That's what he's shaping our church to be. To be a church that loves with action and the truth, not just with words and speech. And so as we read the scripture, I want you to look at the, what Jesus did on the last night he was with those disciples, the people that he loved the most, the people that he walked along the road with, that did life with and ministry with. So if you would, turn to John 13, and we're gonna have the scripture here on the screen. I'm just gonna read through this, and then we're gonna pray and jump in. This is the eve of Jesus' crucifixion. John 13 says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. To the very end, he loved them. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that, he was, wrapped, that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then the Lord, then Lord, said Simon Peter, not, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have the, 
who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not every one of them was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to the place, to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should, have, that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who is sent. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. God, for the truth of your word, for the truth of those songs, for the truth of the testimonies that have gone out already. God, and we stand firmly upon who you are and what you are doing and what you are calling us to. God, I pray that you continue to stir deep in our hearts. God, something that is beyond us, a noble cause that you are calling the vessel to. Lord, I pray that this summer marks and changes us. God, not by the words that we hear or the speech that goes out, but by, but by the ministry that we get to participate in. Lord, humble us, humble me now. God, show us a picture of what you want us to do. Call us out, out of the boat, out of our comfort zone. Lord, let us push towards you and push away from self. God, we invite your spirit in this time and just ask, would you speak to our hearts? We pray all these things in your name. Amen. So as we look at this scripture and this last night of Jesus' life that he spent um, with his disciples, Jesus did a lot of things for these men. He was a lot of things for them. And what he was going to do was the most important, to go and give his life, to die on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. And he'd, he'd spent time teaching them, performing miracles, uh, teaching them parables, loving them. And the thing that he decided to do at the very end of his life was to wash his disciples' feet. And so what I want us to talk about is what does that look like in our lives? If we're not just going to talk about it through words and speech, we're gonna look literally at what that looks like for us to do. And so if we look at the life of Christ, first of all, we see that Jesus got dressed we see that he dressed himself ready to wash feet and to serve. Verse four says that he got up from the meal after they had eaten, he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. He literally changed his clothes to be able to wash the disciples' feet. So I showed up this morning as I was thinking about this verse last night. You know, we come in on Sunday mornings and we think, man, what am I gonna wear? How am I gonna dress myself so that I can go to church? And so we put on our Sunday best, we get dressed to the nines, whatever that is, and whatever that looks like for us to come in and to be at service. And so I just said, you know what? It looks different for us in what we dress to go to church than what it looks like for us to dress to go wash feet. And so I said, you know what? This morning, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna dress in a way that I'm ready to go wash feet, right? Rather than just go at church and sit and listen, I'm gonna dress so I can go and be ready to wash feet. And so I put on a t-shirt, I put on shorts, and I put on tennis shoes. And I said, you know what? I said, somebody is gonna say something. 
Somebody's going to say something about how I'm dressed. So I walked up this morning. I was like, it's going to be perfect. I walked up this morning. The first person here standing in the parking lot was Mr. Stephen Godfrey. He goes, oh, preaching in shorts today, huh? I mean, right off cue, I was like, yes. I was like, bro, you just stepped in it. Like, it's perfect. I set him up. The first person I see, the first thing he says, oh, preaching in shorts today, huh? Right? And then somebody else, Denise, got here uh, to serve. And she's like, are you preaching today? Are you, like, are you serving today? She's like, okay, you know. And immediately people notice. And we can laugh at that. And man, like I set him up perfectly. It was great. But what are we dressed for? As we think about serving, what are we dressed for? I, you know, I've been to serve with Miss Pamela Bryant, and I've come, we met at her house, and we got everything loaded in the car, and, and Pamela's coming straight from her church, right out, and she had, she had her hair done, and she was dressed in nines, right? And me and she's like, I gotta go change, right? I gotta go get ready. Y'all give me one second if y'all get this stuff loaded in the car. And she's scrambling. She's cooking meals. She's serving her sisters. She's getting us organized and ready, coming from church, She's changing clothes to get ready to go to serve. And the truth is this. Truth is what we wear to a Sunday servant service isn't what we wear to wash feet Monday through Saturday. Amen? We dress differently. As Jesus went out and took off his outer garments, Scripture says he girded himself, he wrapped himself with this cloth to go and serve. One of the things that I do is in order to memorize scripture, I'll put a sticky note on my bathroom mirror and, I, and it helps me to remember, remember scripture, to memorize stuff. And I change it out after I memorize whatever the verse is. Um, my last one was, trust in the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and lean not on your own understanding. All your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Amen? So I checked that one off because, you know, we got to have checklists. And so I got a new verse. I was like, all right, Lord, what's the next one you want me to memorize? And the Lord brought this to me out of Luke chapter 12. And it's perfect for my bathroom mirror right next to my closet where I get dressed every day. It says, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. He who dresses himself to serve will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. Think about every, mirror, every morning I stand in front of that mirror and I dress myself. And when you do that, what do you think about? As you dress yourself for your day, what do you think about? What's your, what's your concern? Do you consider what it is that you put on? Who's going to see you? The work that you're going to do? What the way you're dressed says about you? What you're going to do that day that you can be dressed, prepared for? Because the truth is, is that coming to Sunday service... And going to wash feet is a different dress. You think about your reputation, what it says about you, how it looks on you, how it complements your features or whatever it may be. And Jesus is telling us that the same is true about our spirit. Be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning. What is the lamp that we're to burn in our lives? 
It's his spirit in our hearts. And if we dress to come in, to sit in a chair, to talk about love with words and speech, but we never put on our tennis shoes and our shorts and our t-shirt to go out and wash the feet of the people around us, is our lamp burning? Are we taking his spirit out into the world? Is that what we're doing every day? You know, Peter talked about this very thing in, in 1 Peter chapter 5. As he wrote this, he says, In the same way you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. All you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. One of our core values here at the vessel is humility. And, and I can't help but think that as Peter writes those words, Literally, the scripture that Peter writes here is to gird yourself with humility. Is he remembering what Jesus did? Is he remembering that moment that Jesus took off his outer clothing and girded himself in a towel to bend down and to serve and to wash the feet of his disciples? And for us, we've got to be ready for the service that we're called to. In addition... Look at the people and whose feet that Jesus washed. Not only did he dress himself when he prepared to wash feet, but whose feet did he wash? In verse 5 it says, After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? I want you to think for a moment. Consider the men that sat around this table. There was Judas Scripture already tells us in verse 3, excuse me, verse 2, the evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. The Lord already knew what Judas was going to do. He already knew of the betrayal that was to come, that Judas was going to sell his life for 30 pieces of silver. Here's a man that he had given his life to serve that he walked along, he'd washed his feet. And I just wonder, when it, Scripture doesn't tell us that he went around to all the disciples and he gets to Judas, he's like, uh-huh, not you, and moves over. That even in that moment, he washed the feet of Judas, who was the betrayer. That Jesus knew. And he still washed his feet. So as we think about our lives, and we think about who is Jesus calling me to wash the feet of, you know, sometimes the people we first think about are the people that are in our home, right? And a lot of times those are the easiest people to wash the feet of, people that we're familiar with, people that we know, people that we can do an act of kindness towards. And like I said, this week I really struggled with, with all of this this week because this was a really bad week. The last two weeks have been really bad for Shay and I. And I've caught myself in the past two weeks saying, as people are like, how's it going? Be saying, I'm good. Actually, I'm not good. We're okay at best. And to be transparent and honest about what's going on. And there's just a lot of things that have piled up on us. And we feel like we can't win. Just things that are happening at the vessel and we're trying to manage and get going. On top of that, life is happening. Right? So the transmission on my truck went out this week. That is no good. Right before we leave for our vacation, first world problems. 
right? Our air conditioner at our house goes out. We come home and a wind has blown down our pergola in our backyard. Our, our dishwasher isn't working, which again, these feel, all feel like first world problems. And we're struggling through and we're trying to get this. And then we've got a really busy week coming up. My nephew came into town and at eight years old, he flew from Honolulu to Dallas by himself on a plane. That's amazing. And so he comes in, he's coming in for a month, and my, my son Kelly and I went and picked him up at the airport. And so we had to pick him up on Friday morning. Nana's affirming, yes, it was Friday. Friday morning. So we had to pick him up at 7.45. We left at 3.30 from Liberty Hill to go get him. And drove up there, picked him up, and drove back. And so it's just a busy week. And I got to yesterday, and I was like, man, where's my week gone? Like, I've been dealing with this truck. I've been trying to take care of that. I've been trying to deal with the air conditioner and get somebody to look at it. I've been dealing with the dishwasher. And I felt just burdened by those things. And I felt, man, this is not good. Poor pitiful me. Here I am. And I'm going to pick up Vander. And I'm stressed out about all these things. And then family. And we're going out to Liberty Hill. And I'm just stressed out. And so last night, Shay and I had uh, someone that we've done a lot of feet washing for over the years coming over for dinner. This girl named Lizzie that when she was in high school, we spent a lot of time pouring into her and she just moved back to Austin. She was coming over for dinner. And last night I was just exacerbated about it all. And I was like, babe, I have to go work. Like I've got to go. I haven't planned my message. P.S. I still haven't planned my message. I haven't planned my message. This week has gotten away from me. I've got to go. And I'm frustrated and I'm justifying how I feel. And I get my car and I start driving away. And I told her, I was like, I can't be there for Lizzie. I was like, you're going to have to do dinner without me. You and the kids, you're going to have to serve Lizzie. I'd love to be there, but I need to go work. I need to prepare a message. I need to prepare my words and speech so that I can talk about what it looks like to wash feet. And I'm driving in my car literally to the coffee shop in Georgetown, because the one in Brown Rock closes at six, and I got to work till nine, and the Lord like puts a big bell over my head, and boom, I was like, I turned around. It's like, man, this has been a week of washing feet for me, and having my feet washed. That here it is, as my transmission, my truck is out, is that my dad helps me get into a transmission shop in San Marcos. My mom brings me her car for me to drive. I tell someone that our AC is out and I'm like, yeah, our, our AC upstairs is not working in the kids' room and Trevor Ayer shows up at my house at nine o'clock at night with an air conditioner. He's like, here you go. I went and bought this for you, brand new. I get to go get my nephew from Dallas and I get to go and be with my in-laws and then we get to see Lizzie. The Lord's like, this is washing feet. Man, we can focus on words and speech so much but what does it look like to live a life of action and truth and the feet of the people that the Lord's putting in our lives? And sometimes our family is easy, but those outside of that circle is hard. You think about Judas, you think about the betrayer, the one that betrays, and Jesus still washes feet. Look at Peter, the one who denies Jesus. In, in, verse 13, in chapter 13, just after this, Jesus tells them, and one of you is going to betray me. And Peter's like, I would never, Lord, I would go to the grave for you. And Peter asked, asked, said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And oh, poor Peter, right? Foot in his mouth, just like Stephen Godfrey, stepping right in it. Oh, you're going to preach in shorts today, huh? Peter sticks his foot right in his mouth and says, oh, I'd die for you. And Jesus says, really? 
And Jesus answered them, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. That here it is, and everything is done for Peter, and Jesus still washes his feet. Thomas is, that, is in that room. Thomas is the one who doubts Christ, even after his resurrection, even after Jesus dies on the cross and darkness falls over the world and the veil is torn, even over that moment that Thomas still doubts. He had to touch and feel Jesus. John 20 says, then Jesus said to Thomas, this is after his resurrection, before he's ascended into heaven. He says, put your fingers here and he see my hands. Reach out and put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus continues and says and goes on, because you have seen me, you believe, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. Even in Thomas's doubting, Jesus washes his feet. So you may think, man, going to serve with Pamela and going to serve in the homeless community in Austin, not my problem. They're drug addicts. They're no good. They're taking my city. They're ruining town lake where I like to run. Go serve them. Go wash feet. Because that is our city. Round Rock, Cedar Park, Georgetown, Pflugerville, we don't exist without the city of Austin. We can read articles about the homeless problems and we can moan and complain about politicians that won't change it. That's not in here. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a glass of water. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. When did we do these things for you, Lord? When you did this for the least of these, you did this for me. Go and serve. Go and serve a meal. And wash feet. And the truth is, is that we are looking for reasons and justifications to hate our neighbor rather than opportunities to love them. We look around and we find people's circumstances and what they're doing or what they've done or what they will do. And we find reasons and justifications in our life. I'm not going to do this because I don't want to, because they've offended me or they've transgressed against me. Or if I give them something, they're just going to go waste it. They're lazy. Go get a job. We have this heart and this mindset. And that's not this. That's not Jesus. Go and serve them. Because Jesus washed the feet of Judas, the man that sold his life for 30 pieces of silver, and he still humbled himself, girded himself in humility, and he washed his feet. You know, when I was uh, speaking of my nephew being in town, it was really fun. We're really excited to have him here for a month and, and to be able to get to spend this time with him. And so we went to visit them in Hawaii this past March. And Lindsay, I have a picture. And so Vander, my nephew, uh, was baptized that day. And he wanted to be baptized when we were there. And so before he was baptized, and let me just say, if you want to get baptized on the beach in Hawaii, recommend but for the first thing before we baptize him, his mom and dad washed his feet as a commitment to say, we're going to serve you, we're going to love you, we're going to honor you, and we're going to continue to serve you in your life no matter where you go. And he washed his feet. 
And the last thing that I want to say this morning, I think that's important for us when we're considering what does it look like to love with action and the truth, is to realize that washing feet is dirty business. That the business of feet washing is dirty. That this practice of washing feet is beyond just an exercise in the spirit. But this is, the, this is a ancient first century custom that they had. And these are people that walked around. And y'all are lucky because I wore tennis shoes. I almost wore flip-flops. So I was like, that might take it too far. Or like my chacos on Sunday morning. And I knew I'd still get a reaction out of shorts. But... They walked around and their feet were dirty. They walked along the road. They didn't have vehicles, transportation, you know that. And their feet were dirty. And so when they, can't, when they would come in to eat a meal, tradition is and customs were for their feet to be washed because it was the dirtiest part of them. And so typically, not typically, but that was the job of a servant or a slave. As you entered into a home of someone, they had a servant that would wash your feet as you came in. And as they reclined around this table, the table that they had this meal at is not like who is it, Leonardo da Vinci in The Last Supper? It does not look like that. It's a triclinium, which is kind of a, it's a uh, L-shaped kind of shaped table. And they would get down on the ground and they would lay down and lounge at this table that they'd be leaning on their table. And so their feet were down near where the food was. And so it was custom for your feet to be washed beyond just a practice of honoring someone, but a, a san- for sanitary reasons. And this idea of foot washing as this lowly thing to do. It is dirty business. And this is not the first time that we've seen in scripture the significance of washing feet. If you remember, Jesus went and shared a meal with some Pharisees, was invited in, the religious elite and the community. And as he's going in, a woman who is a prostitute knows that he's there and she goes in and she begins to weep on his feet and begins to wash his feet. Luke chapter seven said, as she stood behind him, remember he's probably reclining at a, this table, this triclinium. He's lounging and reclining at this table with these Pharisees. And this prostitute comes in and verse 38 in chapter seven of Luke, it says, as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. And the Pharisees saw that and they scoffed at him. They said, if he's really the son of God, if he's really the son of man, if he is who he says he is, that he would know who she is. He would know that she is a prostitute and he would never let that woman touch his feet. So much for him being the Messiah. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. So then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, this isn't Simon Peter, this is one of the Pharisees. Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. You see, she loved Christ through action, literally by washing his feet. What does it mean to love in action and in truth? And I'll argue that what you do speaks louder than what you say. I can sit up here and talk on this microphone once every Sunday. You can come to church every Sunday. We can talk and talk and talk. But it's about what we do with our lives. And just like going to this funeral for Mo McKinney, 
I had a busy week this week. I didn't know Mo, but I love Bo and Melissa. And to be able to go and to honor them and to love them and to hug their neck and to tell them I'm sorry and that I'm praying for them speaks louder than anything I can do and say in church. And think about the position on a floor as we think about dirty feet and it's dirty business. That literally to wash feet, you get down at the dirtiest, lowest position. That Jesus girded himself in humility. He got down the floor at a lower position and washed their feet. And what our feet represent in our lives is more than just what is clean and dirty. But our feet represent biblically and in our spiritual lives the journey that we've gone. That the truth is, is that when we wash feet, we engage with the dirty part of people's lives. Not that which is easy, not that which is some facade that we put on. It's getting in the lives of other people. We engage with what they've walked through. And you want to go and serve someone. You want to show the love of Christ. Look at someone in the eye. Honor them. Love them. Do something for them. Serve them. Because how you treat them will speak louder than what you say to them. And one of the lies of the enemy for us in this image of of our dirty feet and the dirt that's in our lives. One of the lies the enemy says that we've got to get ourselves clean before coming to the Father. And this has existed for far too long in the church. But biblically, that even in our sins and our transgressions and our dirt, that what we're to do is to come to the Father. And too often we want people to clean themselves up before they come in. But that's not true. And another lie the enemy says that we can't deal with other people's dirt and fear that we're going to get dirty ourselves. You see, the homeless issue in Austin or the people down the road that live in, you know, in sin or the coworker that doesn't know Jesus, we think if I, if I associate with that person, I get involved with that person, I'm going to get myself dirty. But that's the opposite of what it looks like to be wholly made in Christ. That purity, you look back at Isaiah 6, when Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. That the, the, the seraphim comes and he touches the, the tongue of him with a piece of coal to purify him. And the same is true of our lives as we go out and as we serve and we love. It's not us. It's the love of Christ coming through us to serve and love those. That we're pure, we're forgiven, we're anointed, and that it's Christ in you. Romans 10 says this, how then can we call on the one, how then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Is that we have got to go walking by faith. We've got to go and be walkers and be willing to walk through really dirty, heavy stuff to engage with people. So I'm begging you to get involved. Go to vessel.church. At the very top, there's a box, Summer of Love. Click on it, and it's got serving opportunities there. Sign up. Find something to do. Don't let this summer go by with just words and speech. But have action. Get involved. Serve someone. And I'll close you with this same thing that Jesus said to these disciples. In John 13, he said, When he had finished washing their feet, 
He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. And what Jesus is asking them is what is the intention behind what he's done? And so what I have is I brought you a gift this morning. You're going to be excited about this. Is I brought you a towel. You can buy these for $18, packs of towels at Costco. It's amazing. And I'm going to give you a towel. And what I want you to do is I want you to think about and put this to use this summer to find an opportunity to go love someone, not just with words and speech, but with actions and truth, to go wash somebody's feet. And I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm just trying to be honest. To find people that are in your community, that are in your life, sorry, Stephen, to go in love with actions and in truth. To wash someone's feet. To ask the Lord who's in your life, just like Pamela said. She said, I'm driving along, and I want to, I want to have a prison ministry, and I want to go serve people in prison. And the Lord tells her to serve the homeless, and she's got no interest in that. She's throwing food out the window. But ask the Lord, who is it that he's putting in your life that you can wash their feet? You wash my feet, right? I know how busy you are. I know how little time you have at home. And for you to go and to leave your home to buy us an air conditioner, bring it, that's washing my feet. Miss Denise, I know I teased you this morning about preaching in shorts, but the only reason you were the sucker is because you were here early serving, right? Every Sunday. I wear a T-shirt one time to church and I get teased for it. You wear one every Sunday. Why? Because you love my kids. You wash their feet. Jacob and Faith, you guys have served our students faithfully for two years. Jacob, you are our very first employee at the vessel. Did you know that? The very first person on payroll. And you guys have both learned to wash feet. And so whatever you're doing next, wherever you're going, continue to wash feet. Jillian, you love my family well. Sharon, you love my daughter well. Thank you for washing their feet. Her feet. You took her to a, um, you took her to Lake Lime Mall. She's always wanted to go to a mall. And I know that seems simple, but you wash feet. Kalina's, I know your four girls, and you can testify that parenting does not stop just because they get older, Right? And you will never stop washing their feet. And that image of Vander having his feet washed, what Brittany and Nick don't realize is they're going to do that for the rest of their lives. And I know it's hard. And y'all have washed feet really well. Y'all need to wash feet, right? This summer, find an opportunity to love someone to wash feet. All of my parents back here who have washed my feet, thank you. You're taking my son home today, right? Yes, sir. Okay, you can put that towel to use. You're taking my other son home today, right? Put it to use. Chad, you got somebody's light in your life you can wash their feet? Who? Yeah, here, amen. Your mom and dad? RJ? My, you know, my son Barrett has a man crush on you, right? He got here. He's like, RJ's playing the drums. And all of you guys came and y'all washed our feet today, right? To give up time to come and to serve with us. Jessica, I'll make you a deal. You wash my feet, I'll wash yours. Deal? Okay. Does everyone have a towel? Oh, I forgot Gary. Oh, and our tech team. Gary, do you know how to wash feet, brother? 
Can a foot or two. Can you testify to people washing your feet? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. Miss Lindsay, you wash my feet by not telling all the stories of me being a younger person. And that goes a long way. Grant Ledyard, people through church at home don't exist without you serving and washing their feet. Corey Craig, I love you, brother. Thank you for washing my feet. So I want to encourage you to take this towel and to put it to use and to get involved, to ask the Lord, where is he calling you to wash your feet? Let's stand and let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you loved so well. And God, you loved us first, even while we are still sinners, even when our feet are dirty, even now in the stuff that we continue to walk through, Jesus, you wash our feet every day. Lord, this week has been hard for me, but you show me what it looks like to be in relationship and to have my feet washed and opportunities to wash the feet of others. God, I pray for the vessel this summer. Jesus, I beg you to shape us and mold us into who you want us to be. God, to give us opportunities to love with actions and in truth, not just words and speech. Lord, would you grow this? God, would, would we walk out of here and wash the feet of people that are not in this room? God, I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you that even in your last moments, you took the role of a servant. You did the dirtiest jobs that you were never above anything. God, you didn't have those disciples wash your feet or each other's, but you got down, you girded yourself in humility and you washed your feet. Lord, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.